Hello and welcome to Australian Transformers Weekly, bringing you Transformers news from around the world on this uh, lovely Sunday afternoon. This is episode 165. We're recording live on Sunday, September 9th, 2018. And in this episode, we'll be talking about Bag Cube joining the Legend Scar War. We have a good look at the upcoming Optimus Prime from the Bumblebee film. And ask and you shall receive last night Bulldog on the way from the third party companies. All that and much more coming up after this. I'm Brad Ostrom Prime, and joining me on uh, on this Sunday is Max from South Australia. Hello, Max. How's it going? <laughs> Good man. I've just had to bolt back from Koryong. I was up there camping for the night and enjoying nature, and had to rush home so I could no, meet this short time. Podcast. <laughs> uh, one good thing up there: there's no mobile reception, so it was. I think I just got back into reception range when I got the message from you saying you did add something to the run sheet. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, it's always good to get out there. It's just, also because there's just so many spots in country Victoria, you know? Yeah, yep. yep. And it's getting smaller. More and more people are getting out there and full driving and getting into the remote spots and making them less less uh, populated. More populated. Yeah. <laughs> Weekend warriors. But uh, this isn't the Australian Caravanning Podcast. This is Australian Transformers Weekly. This week, I don't really know. Have you been up to anything much? Wait, this week? Oh, bugger all, really. Yeah. Just same old, same old work in uni. Yep. Yes. Oh, well, we can get straight into it then. <laughs> yeah, my, yeah, very exciting life I lead. Yeah. Yeah, well, I can't say much too. The uh, the current drought's going to affect work soon. I might be looking for a new job, so. Oh, Yay. Again. Sometimes. Uh, just, need to, just need to go for a year or so with the same job. It would be good. Botshots Weekly, the uh, weekly TCCA Facebook photography competition where you get your bot out of its display off its shelf and uh, get it out in the real world and strike a pose, add a funny caption, uh, whatever whatever you wish to uh, try and be in the weekly draw for, uh, or in the monthly draw, sorry, for a figure, free figure. And uh, this week I won. <laughs> Finally, I, um, I normally stay clear of it, but I'd... Um, Last weekend, I'd done a bit of clearing out in the shed and all my movie bots went away, except for Megatron. And uh, while I was cleaning some stuff out, I found this toilet. So I was sort of umming and ahhing about how to do things. I was going to have this Voyager on and have the leader looking down over it like father, like son and some other things. And I ended up just... <laughs> just toilet training him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So um ended up with, the, uh, yeah, with him kneeling down and having to clean the toilet, so... I'm I'm in the draw, yay! <laughs> I'll I'll probably if I oh, if I get my name pulled out, I'll probably redraw it. I don't just give it to me. Well, I might get I might get Chris, our, pre, our vice president, to draw it that way. It's not biased. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be like kind of awkward, but you know, and and uh, quite fun. Yeah, yep. So um. Yeah, keep an eye out on Monday mornings or normally by Monday lunchtime, the post goes up in the group, post your figure up undoctored and uh, you can be in the draw, the one with the most likes of the week wins. We're going to move 
move swiftly on and get to the news. Straight into news. Hasbro news. That will take us into some news. What news comes from by yonder? Going into some news, we've seen some... I don't think they were prototypes. I think they were coloured images a few weeks ago of um, Power of the Primes, Punch Counter Punch, and Primer Prime. Um, and now we've got some more in-hand coloured images of them. Max, tell me a little bit about this two-headed freak. <laughs> um, right, okay, so basically this is... Uh, uh, originally, you know, it's Punch Counter Punch, so... Uh, Autobot Decepticon double agent from G1 had this toy where you sort of change things around um, and you can give it two vaguely similar looks and now after a fair while since they did an exclusive timelines figure they're bringing him back and have, he has just released um, looks to be he's, part of, he's sort of this part of his trio of wrap up figures for uh, Prime Wars so they did this guy, Repugnus and Blast Off, in like their own individual boxes. And it's just sort of a way of, you know, just putting a cap on the Prime Wars trilogy. Um, and then, yes, yeah, so this is basically just the end of the last few years of uh, Generations. Yep. Yeah, and such a long way <laughs> we've come. You look at some of those early classics going into early Generations, um, Cup, Warpath, a lot of those figures even up to Springer and Sandstorm, and then sort of going into the Combiner Wars trilogy and Power of the Primes and that. It's been a massive difference across the generation's line. Yeah, it's like for, for a, such a long-running line that's always sort of supposed to be, you know, this is the G1 Redux type thing. It's surprising how vastly different the different... Uh, subsections of the Generations line have looked over that time period. Yeah, and like, just how simplistic <laughs> we've got. Yeah, they. it almost seems like a downgrade in a lot of respects nowadays. Yeah. Like, they don't... I, there were, you know, there were some weaker figures in the earlier lines, but I don't think we've quite hit the same sort of quality that we got in the 2010 and 2013 lines. Yeah. Which is a bit of a shame. It's not to say there's anything bad, mind you. Like, you can look at... You, you can see in the images of Punch Counterpunch here, like, yeah, he's got a couple weaker sections, like, to change his head. You literally just turn it around. Mm. And he's got another face on the back of his head. But, you know, it's some, it looks to be a couple little, like, clever little bits that they've done to help him transform, like, you see on the car mode and what have you. You know, there's, yeah. there's a decent amount going on there to create different look with this guy yeah i mean, cross the board it's a good looking figure and it's sort of another one of those figures um that probably would never never get a fit get a release in previous what years or previous waves and at least now for collectors and fans of him from g1 you've got some something to represent him on your shelf yeah it's, just, it's like one of those niche items that is really well beloved by a large subset of a fan base, but just would not have the holding power to be able to, you know, make it on mass retail shelves. Do you know if any of the third party companies have had a go at a masterpiece scale or a chug scale one? I'm sure there's been a prototype thrown around at some point, but I, I'm almost certain that nothing's come to production. Yeah. 
And so it's one of those characters where you'd think it'd be, you know, ripe for third parties, but just no one touches it. Maybe because of the same thing, you can have a $150 figure that simply just turns around. <laughs> yeah. It'd be interesting to see, you know, on a third party budget, if they could change it up to some extent other than just flipping it around. Yeah. But, um, yeah, in this format, it is basically just changed around um, with a couple of little panel transformations here and there. Mm. I mean, for a simplistic process, it does seem to achieve a decent amount in terms of, the, especially in terms of a silhouette changing. Yeah. 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 It's, it's there. It exists. It's nothing. I, I want to say it looks amazing, but it really isn't anything particularly special. And the unfortunate thing is, too, if this will be coming out the very end of the Power, Power of the Primes wave before we get into Siege, so good luck finding anywhere. Get on the online retails. As soon as you see pre-order go up anywhere, get on it, because you won't... This will go pretty quick, and it won't be seen again. Yeah, this You'd is... imagine. This Blast Off and Repugnus are, like, online specialty item type mm. things, so... You're only going to be able to get them at places like Robot Kingdom, Toy Bot, etc. Yeah, well, that's it. I still haven't seen Wave 2 Dinobots here. <laughs> yeah. I, somehow, I doubt you're going to, to be honest. Yeah. I think any hope that we might have had for that has long since passed. Yeah. Well, I was hoping for a say, like, when they come down to 20 bucks, so I can get all four or five on shelves, but that's not going to happen. It was a shame, because Titan's Return was really well done in terms of distribution mm. like and even when they weren't on massive sales they still sold out pretty well yeah whereas yeah powerful primes are just they've been more expensive and have not been on shelves at all well they got to try and share the self shelf space with studio series as well yeah and rid and cyberverse so it's sort of They've pulled, pulled some of the distribution back while they're bringing new stuff out, it seems. Takara Tomi, we've seen, uh, I think it was Tokyo Toy Show? It was that or Wonderfest. Some, something Wonderfest, it might have been Wonderfest, yeah. Oh, no, yeah, it was we... um, the Hong Kong, uh, whatever the, one, some, one of the Hong Kong inventions was... <laughs> Yeah, it is the uh, legacy, legacy, legendary Optimus Prime, which is the uh, Takara's official redo of the Age of Extinction. Age of Extinction. Yeah, evasion mode Optimus Prime that's um, been made a little bit bigger, which possible leaders class scale. And yeah, um, from what I heard the other day too, you can it works with the MP10 trailer. Yeah, yeah. so there's always rumors going around of like people seeing the footage from Bumblebee movie. And apparently Optimus is in that and looks really G1. Mm -hmm. So this is, you know, under Bumblebee sub-branding, I guess it just went, hey, we've got a, you know, reasonably G1 looking mold already. Yeah. Um, it's been really well received. And so we're just going to beef that up to be in that sort of studio series scale. But you can see they've improved it as well. Like on the elbows, especially where it used to, like you had to have it bent to look normal now there's a few more panels oh. there so it looks like it might actually be a properly functioning elbow 
I wish I had me evasion mode one to compare. Like even the fact there's windows or part of the cabin there on the bottom of the wrists. Yeah. I don't think. And uh, like, this feels. Uh, you almost don't want to say this, but uh, you know that Wei Zhang. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. This yeah. is literally just taking hints from that. Like you see how they've changed on the robot mode. Like the way that they've made it so that you can swap where the wheels are, so he can have two up on his fires. Yeah. That's the piece that engineering is just taken straight from the way, <laughs> But even there's some stuff like the calves and the legs look a little bit different to the original version mode. They've done a lot of retooling on the chest to sort of make it more boxier and get rid of some of that finer detail that you would have in a movie figure. Yeah, it's not so panelly, you know, it's it's a much more defined figure, which fits in with the with what seems to be the aesthetic of movie movie figures. Mm. And the colours especially are really nice here. Just like big, bold, um, bright red and blue. Just, yeah. It looks and and that grey silver. Yeah. it Like the alt mode looks like bloody MP10. It's ridiculous. Yeah, just look like a <laughs> really heavily classic inspired prime. And again, there's a couple of things here being done over the... I don't think the evasion had the chrome fuel tanks on it. I can't no, recall. Yeah, there's a lot of parts that are painted, especially, which... Yeah, the big... Know, that was a big issue with Evasion, wasn't it? That yeah, it yeah. didn't have any paint, whereas this is covered in it, so... Yeah, well, it was all blue in the legs and all red at the top, pretty much. Like, there's even there's some kibble, like, stuff on top of the roof there that was never on the Evasion one either. Um, all that big... I don't think the big bump was on the front of it either. Because um, all that yes. had to tuck away into that wall, but... So I, I guess the whole, you know, moving it up to a leader class price price point doesn't just give them the option of retooling. That budget just gives them a bit more room to work with in terms of paint. It's not going to happen, but I really wish they'd done a battle damage version as well, the Takara, because I've got that. That's the one evasion mode I've kept in my collection. Is that Takara yeah. damage rusty rusty version? They did do a lot of different colorways. Oh, well, there's about six different versions out. <laughs> it's ridiculous. And then you have all the myriad knockoffs and stuff as well. And now you've got this one coming out as coming out too. It's like, this mold has been around. I mean, with good reason. It's one of the most impressive Transformers ever made. You know, like the torso literally flips inside out to transform. Yeah, it even looks like there's a like five millimeter pegs or something on the bottom of his feet. Even though it looks yeah. like it's rifled, maybe you know, maybe that's for mounting his oh. uh, gun in there. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, you see on the back of the robot figure, you got the weapon storage on the back of him as well. Oh, that's quite handy. Yeah, I was wondering what was going on there because it looked all asymmetrical, but no. Nah. Yeah, it's really good. This just looks like a you know, solid, well put together figure. Like, like yeah, and as as you said, like that original one, that original one was fantastic. Like the very little back kibble at all. He stands well. He's pretty poseable for the most part. Like you've got ankle joints. Looks like you got some decent ratchets there for the knees. Again, if you're going to upscale it, you want to be able to stand it. Yeah, look, but by virtue of this originating from Evasion Prime, you know, it's not a, it's not an overly remarkable figure, but it does just look. It does just seem to be one where it's like, yeah, it's a. Just a well done leader class optimist for movie collection. Mm. Yeah, because even there you can see the fuel tanks under the behind the guns there, 
must be faux faux tanks that go somewhere when it transforms. Oh, there they are behind the. I think. Oh, no, it's his carbs. If they're taking inspiration from the Weizhang version, then the fuel tanks will actually detach. Yeah. Oh, no, because those. They, no, that's two separate sets of fuel tanks. Well, it looks like they're split in half. It's only yeah, so one. You got half on one side and half on the other side. Yeah, okay, so the Weizhang Prime, his fuel tank, like, splits in half. Now, he has two half fuel tanks mounted on his. Yeah. Uh, mounted on the side of his truck mode. And then they split in half and they can store on the back or they can turn into a gun. Yeah. But this guy has that, those two half fuel tanks and then two full ones mounted on his legs. Mm, that just so rotates. Sure yeah, I'm not sure what's going on with the two half ones on his back because that, they don't look like they transform any further. Um, yeah, they must be hidden inside the in the in the truck mode because there's no visible grey fuel tanks on the outside anywhere. Yeah, but it'll just be part of that indeterminate mass there. Yeah, that was be interesting to see how well this scales because you know, Studio Series um has been sort of carrying the higher end Bumblebee movie figures. Well, if but it's Studio if Series it's... Has, a, has a really rigid scale, yeah. And in that, Optimus is about a Voyager size, whereas here, you know, he's going to stand probably toe-to-toe -to -toe with Grimlock. So. Well, that's maybe why they've upscaled it so it matches with the movie Masterpiece Prime. Oh, you're thinking they'll go for an MMS scale with this thing? Yeah. It's, yeah, because I guess they wouldn't really be able to budget for a second movie Masterpiece Prime that looks so similar. Yeah, because if, it's, if it was going for studio series, then yeah, as you said, it would it'd be a Voyager to go next to the Revenge of the Fallen Voyager that's already out. Yeah, like, I can see why they'd budget uh, MMS Prime for the new Bumblebee, yeah. because, you know, he's the main character of the movie, but you know, if Optimus isn't going to be in this movie all that much, then I don't see any real reason for them to budget for the MMS. So, yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense that this would mm. be the MPM collection. And, you know... Yeah, otherwise I'd just... just... Add small paint to the original figure and make it a studio series release. Yeah, could do like it's they could easily justify doing that. Yeah, I think the studio series they've tried to keep it a bit purist and not um, bring in molds from other lines. Well, they're sticking with the first two movies, like we haven't seen a Shockwave or Sentinel Prime or nothing from Dark of the Moon onwards yet. So, yeah, I mean, oh, we saw. Like, it was in a couple AOE things, but yeah, nothing oh, from the last. Nothing was the last lockdown. Night. Oh, yeah, lockdown. Yeah, lockdown yeah. and Grimlock. But then nothing from the last night and. Uh, Dark of the Moon. Yeah, nothing from um, Dark of the Moon. Well. Oh, aside from that crappy ratchet repaint. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so. It'll be interesting to see because we got. Um, there's a. New York toy or toy fair is coming up, or New York Comic Con's coming up in October, November. So it'd be interesting to see what sort of hinted there. Probably more studio series yeah, releases. I imagine. I don't know. We we haven't seen really any high end figures for Bumblebee movie um, for anything beyond Bumblebee and Dropkick. Hmm. And you know. It means we're still, you know, we're missing Shadow, we're missing Prime, 
apparently Shockwave and Barricade are in it, you know, and of course they're missing the friggin' indeterminate main villain of the movie, so that stuff has to get shown at some point. Yeah. As well as, you know, we still haven't seen half of the first wave of uh, Siege, like there's no Decepticons shown. Hmm. So yeah, there's a lot some to listings in the next few months, and like I guess, I mean, I guess Toy Fair is, you know, in February. But I don't know if, given that Power for Primes is over, you know, I don't know if they can afford. And most recent studio series waves are hitting now. Like, I don't know if they can afford to hold off reveals for that long. Well, that's that's happened before. Like the the movie's out in December. You want your wave one wave two out at retail before the movie hits yeah it might end up just being like a last night type situation where mm. they don't have any big reveal in like a con or a magazine or anything it's just like oh the figures are out okay yeah because you remember for last night we had no idea that like half of those figures were coming before someone just found them on store shelves yeah yeah no it'll be interesting to see what happens in the next couple of months I don't even know where there might be some Takara, some shows over there somewhere between now and November to reveal. Or yeah, as you said, they're just going to say, "Oh, here's photos of Decepticons from Siege," or "Here's here's the rest of the movie line." Yeah, I've always felt like that stuff was more Hasbro's purview for yeah, yeah. revealing. I mean, I'm not saying you know Takara's not going to do it. It just would be a little bit unconventional. Uh, well, they just go to an event and say, "Hey, here's here's masterpiece hound." Yeah, <laughs> painted, yeah is it painted, ready to, go. ready to go, masterpiece hound. <laughs> That's all right. We'll find out. We'll see what happens. Yeah, we can. Yeah, uh, to come. Yeah, because as you said, like Soundwave, Blitzwing, whatever you want to call it, that we've seen nothing of that figure, and all that sort of stuff should be getting ready to be released because it's not going to be waves of movie figures on their own. They're going to be slipped in, but with the studio series stuff over the course of the movie's release so we've already seen the 15 bumblebee repaints from it and some of the the spark igniters are the smaller simpler movie bots but none of the um generation slash collector or, or more more adult lines so yeah which, yeah it'd be interesting to see how it pans out going on to the next story toy world doesn't doesn't really care how long after a film's released to uh, have a go at one of the movie bots. Um, T- uh, FS01, World War One Bulldog, as seen in The Last Night. It, um, Do you remember everyone's Barton favorite Manor. character, Bulldog? <laughs> Iconic. Well, yeah, everyone, everyone cracked it. because <laughs> Incredible, <laughs> complex storyline. Bulldog. We all love him, don't we? Mm-hmm. Guy was so yeah. If I'm not if I'm not mistaken, he's the tank from Anthony Hopkins Castle that has about two seconds of screen time. Yeah, blows up the gardens and yeah. has some panels come off him as he transforms and doesn't have a line of dialogue. He has a line of dialogue. It's just I think we've talked about this before. How I don't know what it is with that scene specifically, but it has the worst audio mixing I've ever heard. Like mm-hmm. you can't tell who's speaking at what time. Uh, yeah, it's. I don't know what is going on in that scene, but it's just really badly <laughs> done. Oh, it's so a... he, he does speak, but it's just drowned out by everything else going on. 
I think the problem is you get you get um this is gonna be fun trying to remember some names here. You get Cade turn up and like he's just doing you, you think you know, don't you dude? And people are just like, Did that just come out of Anthony Hopkins' mouth? Yeah. And it just and you're in a like... stun you're in stun awe after dialogue like that and you don't even realise that there's an old World War One tank transforming and saying something in the background. Yeah, it's also the fact that like Cogman, uh Bulldog and Anthony Hopkins are all talking in very similar accents and then yeah. I swear to God, Bumblebee must have been using like a Mark Wahlberg soundbite in that scene <laughs> because I couldn't tell which one of them was talking in that scene. Mm. <laughs> I suppose on the topic of a figure, um, it looks solid. It's I, it, I guess it's in Studio Series sort of scale. Well, yeah, there's it does there's... look a bit more simplistic than most Studio Series figures. Yep. Yeah, it's which... about. Well, it's smaller, about the same size as Ironhide, a little bit smaller yeah. than Brawl, which is probably a good scale. Yeah, I'm actually quite curious as to what exactly is going on with this guy. Because I look at the robot mode and I look at the vehicle mode and I think, oh, that's going to have a really complex transformation because none of a lot of those panels don't seem to move. And... Especially the chest. That chest just looks like a big... Yes, one big solid brick. So I'm like, where are all these moving parts coming from? Because then I look at stuff like the arms and legs, and they're barely poseable, and not all that. Yeah, there's not that much going on there in the way of engineering. So I don't know if you could call. I don't think all these coming from. Yeah, I don't know if you can call these photos actual photos of the figure. It looks more like they've just got an old tank. Because yeah, like maybe. you've got the guns, the guns and all this here are on his arms, so his arms must go down beside his body, and then the tank bits form around it. Because you can see they split and form up. He's sort of doing similar to what the movie Megatron does with the split tank treads his feet. But I'm yeah, I'm fascinated to see how exactly this thing works because I just don't see what it could do at this stage. And you said simplistic, like I don't, I really don't like the. The ball jointed elbows and that on it. Yeah, they they stand out like a sore thumb. And yeah, yeah it's that simplicity. It looks like a legends figure, but it's yeah. a Voyager scale. Yeah. But and if that means it's only gonna be if that means it's only gonna be forty bucks or something, then I'm all for it. But... If they can save money on this by cutting down the robot mode budget, then I'm all for it. You know, yeah. given that it transforms accurately. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's mostly a matter of ever going to be able to put it at a price that justifies this level of engineering. Yeah. So even looking at that in that guy's hand, that's that tank's way too small to scale beside Einheit or even the cars, for instance, because those those tanks were pretty big. Although he's, he doesn't look that big behind Anthony Hopkins in the film either, so it might be a mini one. But there... What have we got here? Oh, They've that's... A, for their next figures. Which would so. be Bumblebee and Hot Rod from... The storming of Hitler's. Yeah. That's Which, all right. Actually, I'm crappy because the studio series World War II Bumblebee was, uh, it, does, it doesn't look like the greatest thing in the world. No. And, no. and what we talk, we've talked over the, over the last year with some of the third party companies going after movie, movie figures, um, Puricill and that we've already talked about, but even some of them going after Prime. Um, Prime Hot Rod, 
and some of the other movie figures, and they just look fantastic, and they're priced pretty well as well, and scale in with some of the better studio series or better release figures like Age of Extinction, Evasion Prime, or even the new Megatron. But Yeah, we're getting to a point now where you're getting multiple companies tackling the oh. same design <laughs> from for a movie character. And like by by playing Bumblebee, I'm, uh, Starscream, I'm guessing. Yeah, I guess this is like I uh, maybe they're trying to go for an original type thing. If they if they go, well, we had um, all that artwork of oh, yeah, Hound, Hound back with Napoleon. And... I'm playing one of those posters. I can't remember if the the Seekers were in like the Red Baron art or something. Yeah, I don't. That's I don't look very movieverse still, but ever. Well, Hearts maybe, of Steel. He's, he's a biplane Hearts of Steel, aren't they? Yeah. Maybe, look, maybe Toy World's whole deal is just going to be like old-timey takes on movie characters. Which I'm all and for so if the, they do the that. The first few will be movie accurate, and then Starscream is just going to be a biplane for no reason. <laughs> look, if they, if they can do it well, then more power to them. You know, I remember there was a while ago we were talking about, you know, just how the third-party market is dominated by uh, G1 Masterpiece-style figures. Mm. And now it's getting to the point where it starts to feel like almost an even split between that and uh, movie stuff because it's just... I think it's in large part driven by the Chinese market that it's just getting so, and so, so popular. Yeah, that's it. Like, over here, people groan, grumble, and complain about the movies to the um, cows come home, but... They, when when they're selling Prime One Studios figures and all those large statues and that, there's there's a market. There's people that like the films and like the characters and like the designs and want to consume every little bit of it. And that's like third parties are finally starting to realise that. Yeah. And when they do the figure good, they realise that word of mouth goes around and people are buying buying Pure Kill and that and loving it. Yeah, like because for me, I'm not the biggest fan of the movies, but I know that a lot of people are really big fans and. I think they are a bit... They're not quite as vocal as other fans because often there's an animosity towards movies. Um, so, so people don't really want to express how much they enjoy them. Mm. And, you know, but that is something that you see often repeated in various fan bases. Well, um, that's it. As soon as someone says something praised for a film, you get five people jump on them and <laughs> yeah, like, say shit, but... It's sort yeah. of like one one story that isn't here that I only remember seeing yesterday and didn't get a chance to up the run sheet. Um, uh, Jim Bow's doing a, a large brawl, which looks to be that leader brawl from the 07 movie, but more articulated and a bit better colour. Yeah, um, we'll few, talk more a... about next week, but it was just good to see like Jim Bow and that doing, doing the oversize or even doing KO movie stuff. In that bigger scale and better, better built. Yeah, there's. It used to be that that was all you could do for more high end movie stuff because you know a lot, large part of a movie fan base uh, from China and uh, the Chinese market. Their idea is generally bigger is better, so you know, <laughs> make larger movie figures. And you know, copyright law isn't a thing there, so I just go ahead and do it. Well, that um, goes all the way back to like Dark and a Moon that where they'll you're getting massive upscaling of the the Dark Moon Megatron and Shockwave and that. Yeah, but I think where it wasn't 
it wasn't even to scale. I think it was above leader size. Yeah, I, I was in when I was in Malaysia a few months back. I, you know, you see that stuff on shelves, and it's just ridiculous. <laughs> like, how can you give this to a kid? It's the same <laughs> size as your child. But that's who that's what people want. And in the last few years, we've started to see that shift into an area where you get stuff like that Weijang, Optimus, and the uh, Black Mamba Nitro Zeus, where they're really like they're knockoffs, but they're really high quality figures mm. because they recognize that it's not just a matter of kids want big toys. It's also collectors want high end accurate product. Yeah. And I suppose the good thing getting back to this figure briefly, like it's, it's just good to see a new design for a movie bot. Um, Cause a lot of times the movie bots reuse, reuse the animation they're already done before. Like we son just on the way to camping, coming home, where he watched Revenge of the Fallen and Dark of the Moon. And just how many times in the background you see bots from the earlier movies just because they're reusing the CG. Yeah, like there's a whole thing of Barricade isn't technically supposed to be in Dark of the Moon. Mm. Like Barricade, I think Barricade technically died in the 07 movie. Yeah. Right. Well, they so used they his car driving through the desert in Revenge of the Fallen. And... <laughs> and then brought him back in the last night. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, uh, even, you're just even touching the more niche parts of movies as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, even even when they were at this castle, you see the miniature jet fire sitting there that's coughing and spluttering as they take off and leave after the time grenade goes off. There's that little little mini jet fire there that's only the size of Cogman or a little bit bigger. Yeah, and like that's just, and there was that guy. There's a few little hidden bits, like in the junkyard scene for one shot. There's like oh. a it's an excavator, yeah. Yep. It's like it's using, I think, um, oh, I think it was a scrapper's CG model that you never actually see in robot mode. In well, you see so it, it briefly, never actually used in Revenge of the Fallen, and then they used it for an Autobot like for two seconds in the last night. Well, you, you see it briefly when they pull him apart down with Megatron the ocean, and then you see, again see it briefly before Bumblebee destroys him walking amongst the buildings in the, the little town in the desert. Okay. But again, you, you never see a full shot of it. Yeah, you probably know more about it than I do because I cannot stand that movie so for <laughs> a very long time. Uh, that's all right. Um, just... But yeah, that's it's good to see good to see this stuff happening, and I can't wait to see final paint on and prices. Yeah, just cool to see such a unique take on things. Yep. Speaking of unique takes, <laughs> perfect effect. Are going. Going from strength to strength, I've seen a review of that um, that Beast Wars Transmetal Free Dragon Megatron the other day, and that thing looks fantastic. But getting to uh, the news of the day, they are doing um, Jet Power, a PEDX 10 Jet Power Revive Reveille <laughs> Prime. And uh, we've got some color, color renders here of um, a Jetfire Prime, hinting, hinting, homaging Revenge of the Fallen. Yeah, it's like a G1 style prime with a trailer that turns into a take on the movie Jetfire's Dead Bits. <laughs> yeah. This is, yeah. And you know, in the combined mode, it looks very movie esque. And in just a single Optimus mode, it only all it has to remind you of a movie is basically just a couple of flames on the chest. Like, 
the aesthetic shift here is really clever to me. Yeah, and again, after watching the movie yesterday, just how how close this is to the Jet Fire Optimus Prime we see at the end of the film, probably more so than any of the official stuff we've got, because um, a lot of those, especially the leader ones where you just combine it was <laughs> half a Jet Fire hanging off the back of Prime and didn't didn't look that good. But it's sort of it's even the Prime itself, like the design. Sort of looks like the new Siege Prime without the edit added bits on the top. Yeah, especially the vehicle mode. Like yeah, yeah, that's that's what I was sort made. of raised surfaces and uh, the rivets a bit. Yeah, like the way the grill and the bumper sort of stick out mm. on the front. But yeah, it's yeah. You know, obviously I just in terms of figure itself, it looks incredibly well engineered. You know, lot looks like it transforms a hell of a lot to get in between the two modes and super articulated yeah the freaking ab crunch and everything um yeah i think what i just love here is perfect effect just you know doing this thing which a few third-party companies decided to do where they're not gonna bother following the trends or anything like that they're just gonna make <laughs> the figure they want to make and when it comes out looking like this more power to them you know it's, yeah it's brilliant they're just pushing those engineering boundaries. That's a massive gun. Yeah. <laughs> That's going to be fun to balance with that thing sticking out in front of him. <laughs> yeah. It almost looks like it's emerging Transformers Prime as well. Yeah. They just yeah. have that massive underslung gun. And yeah. The proportions of that combined mode, like around the shoulders. Yeah, so it's like a triple threat homage, basically. You know, it's your G1 Prime, Movie Prime. And yeah, prime, prime. Yeah. <laughs> prime collectors beware. <laughs> yeah. Prime collectors will take anything they can get, so it's yeah. really attract a few of them as well. Yep. Yeah. Clear windows there. I don't I doubt he, he wouldn't come with a matrix chamber. Uh, I look at how split much also is gonna have to transform. Yeah, I I don't think it's gonna have a matrix. Well, where's uh I suppose I even look at the angles on the chest and that it doesn't look like the, it looks like the cabs are fake. Oh, oh fake is it bloody? I'm looking at the combined mode now and it's got parts which are homaging Jin Rai as well. Like, what is even going on with this? Thing? It's just, <laughs> it's touching on everything, man. It's ridiculous. Big robot suck. <laughs> it's just, I don't know what. Perfect effects just jumping the shark here, but it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just, yeah, just making big, awesome-looking robots for the fact of making big, awesome-looking robots. Like, oh, fuck it, we can. Yeah. Yep. I'd love to see some reviews of this thing in hand and see how it transforms and even final colour, if it's going to be that sort of candy apple, apple gloss red or if it's going to be more of a mute red. Yeah. Oh, if it can... If it has that sort of metallic finish to it, I think that can be really exciting. Just, you know, sort of cherry on top of what looks to be a really full-featured package. I wonder how big is it? Uh... Doesn't give a size, does it? I'd imagine. Oh, total height of twenty-four centimeters. Total width of twenty-six. <laughs> so it's fatter than it is high. Yeah. Um, this is oh, twenty-six, twenty-four, twenty-four, seven oh, inches. Twenty-four is um. So it's actually not going to be like massive 
when it's fully combined. I guess you know that um you know their uh, what's it say? It's the Jinrai they did um Thunder Manus. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it'll be about that size from the looks of things. So what's that halfway between Voyager and Leader? Yeah, it's it's like a small leader, I guess. Um yeah. sort of about blackout size, I guess, I guess you could say. Oh yeah, yep. Um Well that's alright, and that's you know, it's sizable. He's... That's gonna have a bit a bit of um transformation there to sort of get get that big figure down that small truck. Oh yeah, no kidding. It's and if it's not the biggest thing in the world, like it's got a lot of Actually, the size might actually be a boon because if it's if it turned out being really massive, then in some areas like um, you know you wouldn't. I doubt you'd be able to get it in aerial poses because the legs would droop down. Yeah, you'd be able to hold the gun up, stuff like that. So keeping it at a slightly smaller size would probably you know go a long way to making it a more functional figure. Yeah, well, I suppose. Similar as well, last weekend when I was putting all my movie bots away, I pulled one of the tubs out to just sort of go through that, what I had, and that, that stupid big butterfly prime was in there, and just trying to get that trailer together, and it'd be interesting to see how they get this trailer to come to close up and come together into the into the box when there's so much stuff splitting all over the place, like his shoes, his calves, and he's got other bits on his back. And Yeah, like, you know, I was talking about that, Make Toys Prime, I was just mentioning, like, the way that the, um, it was almost, uh, the legs transform seems to almost take a little bit of inspiration from that. Hmm. Uh, just in terms of, you know, having oh. these, uh, massive sections that, that and the Make Toys Nemesis, where it has, like, these massive sections that slide over the feet and lower legs, and then also, uh, the truck panels. Uh, folding up and like collapsing on the outside of the legs. Those um, those blue kneecaps aren't on the bot itself. What do you reckon the chance is that his legs, as you see it on the combined bot, are all part of the trailer, and then up think... where his hips, where his hips are, sort of just the torso and arms of the truck. Uh, is he? Ooh. Oh, no, because the trailer he... wheels are on yeah. his feet. So, yeah, so. I'm just looking at this. You can see, I think, the, the blue, there's blue sections on the inside of his legs. So yeah. those are the ones from the robot mode. Yeah. It looks and like then, the whole back like, of the trailers, his yeah, feet those, and legs. The black bits that clamp around his legs, I think the blue kneecaps are just a part of that. Yeah. Um, and it, sort of just, it just gives off the illusion of being a separate piece. Yeah. Yeah, because all that back section there... Behind the this, this symbol on his trail, that's all. That all folds up onto his side of his legs. There, the rear wheels and the tail lights of the trailer at his ankles. Mm. So they must that whole back of the trailer must come away there, and then everything else goes up onto his top. Hmm. No, yeah, that'll be good. Really can't wait. To, can't wait to see him. Yeah, it looks like a very promising piece. Mm -hmm. Just briefly going ahead now into some uh, Legend Scale news. X-Transbots are jumping into the, um, or dipping their toe in the Legend Scale lines with a upcoming prototype here of G1 Sideswipe. Um, I don't have a Legend Scale Sideswipe at the moment. I haven't really been looking at them. There's been a couple that have come out. But yeah. None of them have like absolutely grabbed me. 
Well, it's like the masterpiece one. It's not really something I <laughs> really want. I've got it out of out of having well needing the G one yeah. cast, but Thoughtswap's <laughs> always been a bit. You know, he's a bit unassuming. Yeah. Well, that's why I got the original one. I don't really care if they do a side swap 2.0, but yes. or a third party one. Like as Jason was saying last week, he's got the bad cube one, just to um, just to go with his Sunstreaker. But he's about like the as the least iconic a transformer could get. <laughs> oh, poor side swap. Yeah, people side people side like Huffer. Figures. <laughs> that Siege Deluxe looks nice. This is a good looking Legends. Yeah, yeah. Even if your proportions are a bit out of whack. Uh, that's what I was thinking. The chest seems a bit small and you've got the big long legs. Yeah, these massive feet and then the shoulders just sticking out on these yeah. on the protrusions. And even like the car doors on his elbows or on his arms too. Yeah, well, I suppose you got to put them somewhere. But... Yeah, it's not as well put together as the other Legend side swipes that we've been showing. So the arms must come around and peg into the ties there, or the shoulders. And like, I would say that this one might stand a chance on the market because of X-Transpot's pedigree, but X-Transpot's doesn't really have any pedigree, aside <laughs> for, from being incredibly fragile. Yeah. Um, it, it looks like... That looks like a figure. Like, But I think we're reaching a point now where there's only you can only be so impressed by another poseable legends figure. Like there was a time when you know we had to, you give a legends figure elbows and knees, and it was the greatest thing in the world. <laughs> but now I don't know. It's because the market's just so saturated. It's like yeah, it's another it's another little figure. Everyone's doing them, but it's not particularly impressive. You know, there are ones that are better than all the others. Like, the, the ones that are stand as stronger figures, but they don't stand as stronger figures because they, because of the whole, you know, being small Legends figures, they stand as stronger figures because in that context, they're better than the competition. Mm. Yeah, well, it just seems to be how, how blocky and articulate can you make them without going to ball joints and open bits like this. Yeah. And just the aesthetic itself. Like if you go, if you can go as close to G one as you can, because G one, a lot of G one figures didn't have a lot of articulation or even transformation steps. It's sort of a, yeah. it's an easy thing to be able to mimic. Uh, like stuff, I'm surprised we haven't had Legends Superior or Combiners, or we've seen the um, Bruticus. But just yeah, I've touched on it a couple times, but it's yeah. something that hasn't really. I think there's a Menasaur in the works as well. Yeah. So. Yeah. Certainly, it, it is a thing, but yeah, you'd think that 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 is actually a thing. Like, we were talking about, you know, I was just saying how we're we're not as blown away by legends figures anymore. But everyone was really, you know, people were really, really receptive to that uh, legends Bruticus that came mm. out because Even... it was, you know, it's a combiner, so it's not a form of engineering that we'd seen yet in legends scale. Well, so, Hulky was Hulky was the only one. And again, there was a lot of word of mouth around that Devastator. People loved it, but it was sort of at the point where we just had Toy World and Warbatron Devastators, and people were sort of burnt out on the whole Devastator. We'd had the Combiner Wars one as well, so it sort of just slipped by. A lot of some Legend Scale collectors got it, but a lot of people, because I think it was one hundred and sixty dollars as well, so it was sort of you could get the Combiner Wars one for that and call it a day. Um, yeah, there was there was 
the whole thing of, you know, it's, I think it was the same issue with Abruticus as well, where it's the figure, the final combined form is only like boy, 300 bucks for it because, you know, it's six smaller figures. Hmm. Um, and it, it's, it's easy to rationalize, you know, when you're paying 30 bucks a pop for a deluxe and then combining those all up, but, and you can rationalize paying $30 for a little legends figure because it's, you know, packed full of engineering, but it's harder. I don't for whatever reason, it's harder to rationalize paying the equivalent of paying like $30 each for six legends figures. And then putting them together for size of Voyager. Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. know where to go because I'm just I'm looking down on me, on me, thinking I've still got that Legend Shockwave and Prime sitting here. And so, as I said when I talked about it on the show, like fifty bucks for that DX9 Dutch, um, it does everything, everything that um, I can see in a new masterpiece in looks and and all that. And for fifty bucks, if I if I was paying fifty dollars for legend scale figures like this then well i am i'm paying that for legend scales figures like this and i'm not even buying anything retail just because nothing from retail really wows me and i don't really want that stuff it's just going to be in the toy box for the young fellow to play with so that's that's getting purchased on clearance sales and that <laughs> i'm not paying full price for those figures and even looking at the studio series same with brawl I really want to get the Megatron, but Brawl, I've got no time for. I prefer the leader one from the first movie. Yes, it's not going to scale right, but I still reckon it's a better-looking figure. Briefly, too, just going into this for the last story of the night, uh, Takara Tomy, Medicoli Series G1 Transformers and Insignia. Uh, incoming, they've got some uh, little painted die-cast. Yeah, little metallic yeah, figures. Yeah, 5 to 10 centimetres tall, almost in scale with what we got with the uh, MP line when they decide to do little die-cast figures, except for these ones are painted and not bronze or gold or whatever they, silver, whatever they were, but um, little G1 figures with some limited posability. Yeah, they've done them in a before. Yeah. Um, I think these are more of a Japanese market type thing that uh, I don't see these very often at all outside of just like a couple of places in town where no one actually buys them. <laughs> Put a little string on the head and hang it's them like, from the Christmas tree. <laughs> yeah, I think this is more for either, you know, overseas markets or like sort of entry level fans, basically. But, you know, they're cute little figures. They look really animation accurate. Like, yeah. That is a G1 cartoon prime to a T. Yep. Even Megatron, then, like it'd be just—it'd be fantastic just having that Megatron Prime on your computer desk at work or something. Um, the unfortunate thing is, you're about fifteen bucks each. So. <laughs> well, that's why you get two and call it a day. You don't collect the whole set. Yeah, no, I, I don't get really comprehensive with these for movie ones. They did, you know, just two or three for the last night. Yeah. Um, last I saw from, so like, if it's this sort of thing, you need know, chuck it on your, um. Or something like that. And no one would have seen that work. because I didn't have a screen If you work at a place that has a desk, I suppose. <laughs> Max, any new Let's acquisitions? <laughs> right, I'll try to burn from quickly yep. because uh, internet. Um, so, really quickly, uh, just another Iron Factory Seeker. This time, this is their 
uh, Amethyst, which is their take on Hotlink. Uh, it sort of blew me away that this thing existed, to be honest, because I did standard six and then Acid Storm and Sunstorm. Um, I never like, nah, okay, we're gonna do uh, friggin' Hotlink as well, which is one of the m- most obscure character a third party company have a take on. Um, he's said like two lines of dialogue ever, and I could not be happier to have a toy with him because <laughs> it. <laughs> He's a complete nothing character, but I'd love him regardless. Um, and then a bit fancier than that, in still third party, is Mastermind Creations Turbin. Hello. Instead of their take on well, you know, it's it's not quite G1, it's not quite IDW, it's just a good, good solid world figure. Really solid MMC build quality, tons of posability, uh, nicely, nicely detailed. And a really well engineered transformation. Mm. Um, yeah, he's sort of a, mi- a mix of aesthetics, but he works well in you know a G1 or an IDW display. How's how's he fit in size wise with the rest of the IDW figures that you've got currently? Um, we're out. What's something that everyone's going to have? Uh, <laughs> is the MMC Megatron? So. Yep. That's the two of them together, so it's a oh, yeah. pretty decent scale. Yeah. Um, he's not as bulky either. He's obviously, being a helicopter, is a bit more spindly than what the Megatron is. So yeah, he's actually this thing because I guess they're going for a mix of us. He's actually bulkier in this figure form yeah. than he is in the comics. Like in the comics, he's quite skeletal, whereas this guy's, you know, he's not he's not a big boy by any means, but he's got a little bit of chunk to him. Yep. Did you get the the generations one that come out with Will and um, some breakdown? That one, Whoever, not yeah. that one. It's that's one of those figures where it was sort of on my periphery for a while. That it was sort of something I considered buying just to fill a slot. Yeah. Um, just you know, in terms of actual figure engineering and how much value I'm going to get out of it, it didn't you know it didn't excite me all that much. Yeah, because I wonder, I don't know if Jason got or not, because it was at the end of that line, end of that wave that come out just after, um, again, Springer and Sandstorm. So I was lugged in with those figures. Yeah, it was that Thrilling 30 uh, yeah. Generations line where it was all fairly IDW inspired. And then there was like, oh, Will's popular in the comics, so we'll do a pure G1 version of him. And then we got Jetfire. <laughs> we got $20 Jetfire. <laughs> Oh, very nice. Um, Anything for you? No, nothing new this week. I've um, oh, I had a couple of um items come in from Toybot Imports for uh, getting some stuff together for the end of year Christmas donation drive. So, very exciting. Um, yeah. Yep. Early. Oh, we got to start getting stuff organised, so paid for and everything else. Um. So we can get that get that going. Um, probably the first of November we're going to start that. Um, but also just also in TCA business quickly, I've got collector cards. They come in this week, so I'll be getting. Uh, there's a couple of dozen people that's still waiting on their memberships packs. There's a couple of people that have signed up in this last week and a half that uh, are waiting on their membership packs as well. So that stuff will be going out this week to uh, two members, and um, we'll probably end up having another paid membership. 
giveaway for the uh, club birthday in a couple of weeks' time on the uh, 23rd or 24th of September. So stay tuned to the Facebook group and the website for that. Yeah, speaking of club events, uh, we're going to be holding a stall at uh, Adelaide Comic and Toy Fair on October 1st. That is Labor Day Monday. I would encourage everyone to come along. It's you you get that Monday off as well. <laughs> yeah, it's quite handy. You know, it means I don't have to bother taking time off work for the club. Yeah. Makes things very easy. Um, that's yeah, that's yeah, why that's, we want it. It's one of the nicest events in Adelaide. Uh, just you know, really low key, but there's a good crowd there. You know, a lot of nice people and a really good selection of stuff. So come along, come say hi, have a good time. Yep. No, great. I'll get the details for that off you during the week so we can get an update on the website as well for upcoming events. I'll send those through to you after the show. Lovely. All right. Thanks for listening. And if you've been watching along on YouTube, video, feed, channel, <laughs> something, um, thanks for watching. You can head over to transformersweekly.podbean.com and download the uh podcast version produced version of the podcast there um itunes or your social media social media all your podcast catches the rss feeds over there copy and paste and uh you can go through the backlog of episodes and everything else um or to see more about the club and what the club does you can head over to transformerscca.com where as i just said we're going to uh, start getting the upcoming events gallery update update <laughs> upcoming events calendar updated so we can uh, start getting stuff organized we got birthday celebrations coming up in the month of september we're going to start getting organized as well so um stay tuned for that there'll probably be a barbecue in your local area and uh yeah max mean you can be found over in the group head over if you're not a member and you live in australia already come over come say hi and join up talk some transformers yeah nothing to lose go over <laughs> have a good time yeah, just don't go near the buy sell buy sell trade group, otherwise you'd be losing money. <laughs> but getting some good figures. So um yeah, until that next week, that's us. Thanks, Max, for joining me today. Thank you for having me. And we'll be back next week to talk Transformers once again. See us. Yeah.